Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Not Quite Zen, a mental health podcast brought to you by someone who actually struggles with mental health. I'm your host, Tony Hardman, and I've dealt with depression, anxiety, anger, and a host of other issues throughout my life. The good news is I've actually gotten better and learned ways to lead a calmer, happier life. And that's what inspired me to start this podcast. I want to share with you what I've learned in the hopes that it will also help you. But I'm also going to be honest about my experience. There's no magic bullet. I still struggle. And at times, I'm going to talk about that struggle. Look, therapists are amazing and they can really help. But I think there's something really beneficial about hearing success stories from other people who've been in the trenches of despair. Most therapists are not going to share a lot of their personal life story with you, which means finding someone else to relate to can be really hard. I hope this podcast can change that. Every other Tuesday, I'll cover a variety of mental health topics and I'll offer helpful insights by sharing my experiences, talking with other people who've overcome mental health issues, and interviewing experts like psychologists, psychiatrists, and mindfulness influencers. I also hope to build a community where you can meet and support people who struggle with similar issues, as well as share feedback about the show. So if you're interested in joining, search for Not Quite Zen on Facebook groups and send me a request. I'd love to have you, but maybe wait till the episode's over. And on that note, let's get started with today's topic. Does therapy really work? This episode of Not Quite Zen includes content about suicide and cutting, which some listeners may find triggering. Listener discretion is advised. If you're having thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Hotline at 800-273-8255. I remember the first time I asked the question, does therapy actually work? I've been in therapy, in and out of therapy since I was a teenager, and I struggled with mental health even longer. Finally, when I was in my mid-30s, I was exacerbated by my struggle. And I looked at my therapist and said, does this actually work or am I just screwed forever? At the time, she responded, yeah, it does work. And you know how it works is because it worked for me. Which at the time... I accepted that response, but I also kind of took it with a grain of salt because I didn't know anything about her experience. And in my mind, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you're a therapist. So, you know, obviously you believe it works. I wasn't quite sold that it could actually work for me at the time. So before I answer the question, does therapy actually work? I want to share with you some highlights about my personal struggles so that you know what I overcame and you can consider your own experiences when thinking about how to approach therapy. I didn't start to struggle really until late elementary school, about fourth grade, but experiences in my formative years, plus the fact that I have a family history of mental illness, didn't really set me up for success. Starting off life, my father just wasn't around. I was still a baby when my parents split. And I wouldn't truly realize how profoundly that would affect me until way later in life. Eventually, my mom remarried, and I was later adopted by her husband, my father. Uh, But, you know, that had its own challenges. My adopted father switched jobs a lot. And as a result, I went through at least six different elementary schools and about as many different states 
And when I moved to Ohio in the fourth grade, it was really hard for me. You know, the culture was very different from Colorado where we moved from. And I was picked on relentlessly for the clothes I wore, the music I listened to, you know, all that sort of things. And I, and I went from being very happy where I was. So that move was really hard on me. And that's when depression really started to form you in my life. Then moving on into middle school, I gained a lot of weight. You know, I was a skinny kid before that and I was picked on a lot. So I was very unhappy. Eventually, at some point, my mother took me to my first therapy appointment. I actually enjoyed it, but my mom, you know, heard from a coworker that why are you, why are you spending money on therapy? You should just take them to do something fun once a month and that'll fix the problem. And unfortunately, she listened to that advice and I didn't get the help that I needed at the time. By the time I started high school, I lost the weight and was actually a pretty good looking kid, but depression was really becoming a big factor in my life. I felt numb and being unhappy and sad was the norm for me. That was pretty consistent throughout my high school experience. There are a few things from that period of time that stand out in my recollection as it relates to mental health. One of those things is the fact that one time a friend of mine was over I was feeling suicidal and I threatened to drink laundry detergent in front of him. It, really, it was a cry for help, but we were just young teenage kids. He didn't know how to help me at the time. Then at one point, I told my dad that I wanted to kill myself. And his response was, if you do that, I won't go to your funeral. In his defense, you know, he's not, he's not a terrible person. But he, his beliefs were very rooted in religion at the time, and he believed that it was a major sin to kill yourself. But this was another big cry for help where I didn't get the help that I needed. So I started cutting myself just to feel something because I was so numb. Let me preface this by saying high school wasn't all dark. I, I did have a great group of friends, and I did theater and worked different jobs. I had good times. But the numbness and the sadness is something that stayed with me for a pretty long time. College was some of the most fun years of my life. But in terms of mental health, it was still a mix of good and bad. I struggled for the first two years mentally, but got help by going to a doctor and getting on an antidepressant for the first time. And that was Zoloft. And taking Zoloft... It helped, but it really just made me feel numb most of the time, but not in the same way that I was before. More like numb, I didn't care, and I, I wasn't depressed, but I wasn't really experiencing the joys of life, per se. I also started seeing a school psychologist for a while, and through the combination of therapy medication and being really physically active at that time, it meant for the most part that I was doing okay. I developed some great friendships and had some awesome experiences and I really built confidence so that I was able to participate in different student activities that I 
probably wouldn't have before. So things were pretty good overall during college, but there were times when I still struggled with depression. I can remember this one time I was driving to meet some friends and and I don't remember the reason why, but I just, for some reason, broke down sobbing. Like I had to pull over because I was crying so hard. I felt this intense emotional buildup that I couldn't control. And I even had a cop car come and knock on my window and I kind of quickly stopped and he asked me what I was doing there. And I, I lied and, and felt embarrassed about what happened. But you know that wasn't the only time that something like that had happened to me. So that kind of tells you a little something about my sometimes state of mind during the college years. And part of the reason for these swings was that I was inconsistent with my therapy. And I eventually stopped taking my meds because I didn't like how numb they made me feel. So there were swings and there was good and bad. But overall, I was successful in college and I had a lot of good times and I was hopeful for my future. Then, you know, during my senior year, I was lucky enough to meet and start dating my future wife. Life was pretty good. But when college ended, my life changed pretty dramatically and more so than a typical person just coming out of college. I graduated with a degree in journalism, actually broadcast news, and got a job right away working for a, a an ABC news station. But six months after my graduation, I got some news that you know really shook things up. I had joined the Army Reserve when I was still in high school, and I found out that I was going to be deployed for Operation Enduring Freedom. Uh, I also found out that my girlfriend, now wife, was pregnant literally the day before I left. So I ended up going stateside. I was working as a medic in a base in Georgia. And during that time, I got married when I came home on leave, did that year in the military, had my first daughter, and When I got home, my life plans were completely different than what I imagined they were going to be because I had a family to take care of. So I thought I was going to be this hotshot reporter with a career in news and, you know, working in combat zones and and eventually going on, you know, national networks. But when I got home, I needed to make more money fast. So I left news because it really doesn't pay very well, especially on the local level, starting out entry level, for a communications job. And for a really long time, I resented the fact that I had to do that. And then in 2008, the financial crisis hit. And instability in my career, plus getting laid off, would fuel my anxiety and depression for a really long time. So... These dramatic shifts in my life, coupled with all the past trauma, really brought my mental health issues back with a force. Eventually, after I found a job and got some stability, I was able to start seeing someone again. And I tried new medication, and that helped. And it helped for about two years. But 
throughout my 20s, I really struggled with uncontrollable anger, thoughts of suicide, terrible depression, and overwhelming anxiety about my financial situation and keeping a job because I had a family to take care of. And I was the only person working at the time because my wife had to stay home and take care of the kids. So having all of that on your shoulders can be very challenging mentally. This caused a lot of problems in my marriage. And unfortunately, my wife and my kids saw terrible sides of me that I never wanted them to see. I'm also fueled by some changes in different medication. There was a particular antidepressant that I was on that had terrible side effects, which really fueled my anger and led to a lot of those domestic issues that, you know, we experienced throughout that time. It wasn't until I was finally in my thirties that I went to the VA for help. And eventually that first step, or I guess you could call it continued steps at this point would truly lead me to some change for the better. One of the biggest keys to getting help was finding the right psychiatrist and therapist. So for example, when I went to the VA and and first saw a psychiatrist to hopefully finally get my meds right, which if anybody who suffers with mental illness can tell you, it takes a lot of trial and error to get it right. I saw a psychiatrist that I really didn't like. So I immediately was, we asked to see somebody else. And I think that's really important. You have to do that. You have to be an advocate for yourself. And that was the right decision because I met a wonderful psychiatrist who stopped prescribing antidepressants for me and figured out that I had a mood disorder and finally put me on the right meds, which really made it possible for me to make some dramatic positive gains in my mental health. I also got really lucky and I found an awesome therapist. And it was really, really important for my success to find the right people who could help me. On top of the correct medication, my therapist specialized in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a very common therapy treatment that really focuses on learning how to change your thinking patterns. So like, for example, you know, if you're having a negative thought or, you know, trying to put up a stop sign in your mind and, and analyzing that thought. I also did a combination of things, the medication, the CBT, and my psychiatrist actually recommended that I go to anger management to work on my anger issues. And it was tremendously helpful. Although it was a little awkward when the majority of people were there because they had committed some sort of crime and were forced to be there by a judge. But regardless of that fact, I learned a ton and it really helped me get my anger under control. So this took place, you know, over the course of several years, I would say three to five years. And I made a lot of strides. So Overall, I was doing better, but I was still hitting walls. And and one of the biggest walls that I was continuing to hit was just dealing with my anxiety about the unknown. And at the time, I worked in a career field, as I kind of have throughout most of my career, that was pretty volatile. 
you know, I worked in marketing and I think a lot of other people that work in marketing could understand that, you know, it's hard sometimes to keep a job more than two years in that field. So being constantly worried about the threat of a layoff or, you know, just a situation not working out really continued to fuel my anxiety. Eventually my cognitive behavioral therapist recommended that I tried ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. And she recommended a new therapist to me. And that really took me to a whole new level of peace for my life. Through ACT therapy, I really started to learn about how mindfulness, meditation, and curiosity could really help me learn how to accept and acknowledge my emotions and my anxiety without letting them control me. And we'll talk about ACT therapy a lot in this podcast and and some of the different ways that it can help you. But it's really, for me, a big focus on mindfulness, which is really just kind of, if you're having a negative thought or a depression, kind of getting curious about that thought and looking at it from what they call this observer's mindset. Um, and, And my favorite way to describe that is if you've ever played a video game where the camera was zoomed out on a character and you're kind of viewing that character from a third person, well, that's kind of how you can view the thoughts in your mind and look at it from almost a detached perspective to kind of really understand what's going on in your head. And I was able to really learn how to achieve calm through, you know, practicing meditation and by not letting my thoughts control me or trying to force myself to change them, which is really kind of what you do in in CBT therapy. I instead kind of accepted them and decided what I wanted to do with them. So a good way to think about that is imagine if your thoughts are like, you know, a GPS in your car and you're getting all these different directions, but you know the way that you want to go just because you're being told to turn right does not mean that you have to turn right on that road. And so act therapy and mindfulness really helped me develop that kind of thinking and mindset. And so I have developed a resilience that has put me in the best mental state that I've ever been in. And it's it's not just through act therapy, it's through everything that I just spent all this time telling you guys about. It's a it's through trial and error of different medications, trial and error of different types of practitioners, my own willingness and desire to make change and never giving up on my mental health, even though sometimes I took steps back. And because I didn't give up, I am now calmer. I don't get depressed for long periods of time. And I generally have a more positive outlook on life. I'm still anxious and I have my bad days, but the truth is you're never really fully done growing. So why did I just spend all this time telling you the abridged version of my life story? Well, for one, I want you to understand my experience so you know where I'm coming from in future episodes. And I wanted to give you a personal example when answering the question, does therapy actually work? If you haven't figured it out by now, the answer to the question is yes. Therapy works. And thinking about 
when I asked my therapist that question, I'm so glad that I found out that it does. But for therapy to work, you have to work it. It takes commitment and daily practice to really make a difference. And it doesn't happen overnight. I know that sounds challenging, but the good news is that you can really get better if you continue to try. At this point, you may be saying to yourself, well, my problems are way worse than his. And that may be true. But I can assure you the severity of my anxiety and depression was very strong. So no matter what type of issues you have, I firmly believe that if you put in the work, you can get better. And I'm going to be here along the way to help you out. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified every time a new one is posted. Also, please rate, review, and share this podcast because the more we talk about mental health, the better life can get for those who struggle. Now, please join me in taking one small step towards a calmer day with a two-minute meditation. Start by taking a relaxed but alert posture. If you're driving, continue to focus on the road, and if you're not, feel free to close your eyes or relax your gaze. Feel the weight of your body as gravity connects you to the earth and makes you feel grounded. Relax the muscles in your face, your neck, your shoulders, and the rest of your body. Now let's begin to shift your focus to the breath. Take a deep breath and follow it as it fills your lungs. Exhale slowly and let it all out. Continue to take long, slow breaths, paying attention as it enters your body and brings you calm as it leaves. If your mind is wandered off, slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Now, relax your attention. Take this calming energy with you as you go about your day. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time.